following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. Thank you, Pastor Renee. Hallelujah. It is good to be back. No restrictions in the house of the Lord. <laughs> Amen. I love it. Um, well, Pastor Renee and Mary both have mentioned that I'll be sharing a lot of stories. It's like no pressure there, Max. You got, you know, 30 minutes. Go ahead. Let me get comfortable right here. Just a minute. Electronics Bibles are amazing, but sometimes they're a pain. It's like, okay, please don't disappear on me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, um, it's good to be back. Uh, my name is Max. I'm from Ukraine. You might hear a lot of accent, <laughs> so have grace for me. This is my third language, <laughs> and it was given by the Lord uh, to me when I was 16 for a reason. I'm not going to... Uh, talk about all the details of my childhood and all the details of the ministry. I'm going to send you to our website. We have YouTube videos. I've recorded stuff specific for that reason. But I also believe that the Lord has given me a message for this morning. So that's why I'm not going to get into all the details. But our ministry is for the orphans. And just so you understand a little bit, I was six when I got saved. The only one in my family and uh, one of not many from my village who got saved because missionaries came. Because people like you have sown uh, to support churches out there to go out and reach people in villages. So I was one of those uh, uh, people in the village. I was six years old when I got saved, the first one in my family. When I was 11, I was already teaching Sunday school and started a ministry in orphanages. And uh, started ministry sounds big. I visited orphans. And it was just me. I didn't really need anybody. I didn't think I would need anybody. I thought it was just my desire. So I'm going to do what I desire, what my heart is telling me to do. And I've, obviously, I knew the scripture. Uh, James 1.27 says it clearly. Uh, for those that don't remember, you know that God is the father to the orphans, but it's also pure and undefiled religion before God, is that we minister to those and reach out to those, the least of these, right? And we stop for the one in front of us, and we, we don't pass them by, but we actually take time. Can somebody say amen? And so when I was 11, that's what I did. I visited the orphans in the orphanage, and I started a Sunday school. Of course, God had a whole another plan <laughs> for that. And then I discovered that it's not just one orphanage, but it's many, and thousands and thousands and thousands of kids. So of course, I realized I need more people. I would invite people. Nobody would come. Nobody would want to go. So uh, because orphans are, you know, like a separate race in our nation, and not one people like. I mean, there's still, there's still in schools, there's still separate classrooms for them. They have a separate system. They have separate teachers for them, ones that don't 
like being there, but they are. So, so it's still very a huge, huge separation. So, so you know, us versus them. Have you ever said that? Oh, you know, they don't understand the church, and they don't understand how important vaccines are, and they don't understand how important it is to talk about politics in the church. Well, all that aside, forget it. I'm not talking about any of that here today. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that these orphans understand more than anybody else what it means to be us versus them. They understand what it's like to be separated, to be, to be cut off from everyone and everything and be abandoned and neglected like that. Well, God has a plan for you and I because we were also orphans once. Um, so I do want you to open your Bible 1 Samuel chapter 9, uh, I believe this is the word uh, for this church today. And I, I named and titled this message, uh, Beyond Hope, or Hope and More. Do you guys like more than hope? There's more to that. There's so much more to that. And we're going to actually, we're going to just read the whole chapter, and you're going to have to enjoy my English and uh, <laughs> so I'll take breaks. <laughs> but I do believe you all know this story. And just a second, hold on a second. All right, first um, Samuel chapter 9. Do you guys have it? So there was a Benjamite, a man of standing, whose name was Kish, son of all those grandpas. Uh, and then second verse, Kish had a son named Saul, as handsome a young man as could be found anywhere in Israel. That's a pretty good statement. And he was a head taller than anyone else. Now, the donkeys belonging to Saul's father, Kish, were lost. And Kish said to his son Saul, take one of the servants with you um, and go and look for the donkeys. Uh, have you ever lost anything, you guys? I mean, we know from other scriptures in in the in this amazing book that uh, letter that God has written to us. He said that I came to save the lost, and that's that's the very heart of our ministry. We find those that have been lost. We look for them, and to find something that's been lost or someone who's been lost, usually it's in dark places. Usually we are sent to go to very dark places, very dangerous situations to find those that are lost. I mean, listen, Jesus already did it. We're just, we're just uh, following his will. We're just hearing from the throne of God and obeying. But, but this story, the donkeys, for goodness sakes, were lost. And many of us think, well, donkeys are dumb like the sheep. They're not. They're actually quite smart. They, they, they return home every the end of the day. They come back home on their own. They don't even need a shepherd, really. They just need someone to feed them, and they know where they're going to be fed. They're pretty smart. So the fact that they were lost is actually a shock. Like, we got to look, look for them. It's a problem. It's a real legitimate problem. We have to solve it. Have you ever had those problems where you're trying to solve and you need help? You need a servant to help you. You call everyone. You look everywhere. You check everywhere, and you can't find what you need. Well, uh, verse 4. 
So he passed through the hill country of Ephraim and through the area around Shalisha, but they did not find them, he and his servant. They went on into the district of Shalim, but the donkeys were not there. Then they passed another area, the territory of Benjamin, but they did not find them either. Oh, for goodness sakes, these donkeys. Like they're traveling not by car, not by Uber, not by bike. This is all on foot, you guys. These are, these are pressuring circumstances. I mean, when we are looking for something that we really, really want, it's, it, you, we feel a little bit of tension. We're like, ah, oh, either you're getting angry or anxious or stuff is coming out of you. Maybe good, maybe not, depending on what you've, what you've been filling yourself with. Amen? So let's fill ourselves with the goodness of the Lord so the good comes out of us. When they reached the district of Zuf, uh, Saul said to the servant who was with him, Come, let's go back, or my father will stop thinking about these donkeys and start worrying about us. Isn't that true? Another problem creates a problem. <laughs> but the servant replied, Look, this town, look, in this town, there is a man of God. He is highly respected, and everything he says comes true. Let's go there now. Perhaps he will tell us what way to take. Just when you are out of options, God is giving you a direction. Just when you feel this is a dead end, God gives you a brother and sister who maybe for years you've underestimated and thought, well, God can't speak through this one. And God is giving you a word. More than that, it's, it, it's an actual GPS navigation. He says, let's go. There's, there's a prophet out there. Um, and then verse 7, uh, Saul said to his servant, if we go, what can we give the man? <laughs> Isn't that just weird? Saul is kind of like pessimistic this whole time. You're thinking, oh my gosh, this dude, seriously. He's, he's, he doesn't want to look for donkeys anymore. He's, dis, he's discouraged. He then focuses on what he doesn't have. And, and then look at what the servant says again. Uh, the food in our, uh, uh, our sacks is gone, says Saul. Um, we have no gift to take to the man of God. What do we have? We have nothing. The servant answered him again. Look, he said, I have a quarter of a shackle of silver. I will give it to the man of God so that he will tell us what way to take. Even the resources God provides. He doesn't just tell you which way to go. He says, I'm going to provide. I'm going to take care. If you don't know how to reach those kids in manholes that are in Ukraine, that are lost, confused, and frustrated with life, and angry, even when you're trying to save them and rescue them, they're going to hate you for a while. Even when you don't know, I'm going to take care of it. And I'm actually speaking from the experience. Verse 9. Formerly in Israel, if someone went uh, to inquire of God, they would say, come, uh, uh, let us go to the seer, because the prophet of today uh, used to be called a seer. God, uh, good, Saul said to the servant, come, let's go. Uh, so they set out of town uh, there uh, where the man of God was. And then uh, along the way, I'm not going to read all of this, you guys, along the way, they met Young women, verse 11. Does it say it in your Bible? Women are just always women. You know, you guys? It's so funny because I'm looking at all of this. Like, they just kind of ran into them. 
And then look at what's happening. Uh, Saul and the servant are asking women, have you heard of this prophet? Do you know about this seer? Because we need to meet this guy. Well, here goes women. I don't know in this nation, but in our nation, including my wife, who says hello, by the way. They're very detailed. They're just like really detailed. So here goes a, women, young women are saying, yes, of course we know where the prophet is. You need, he's actually just left our town and he's going up to the high place. So you need to catch him quick because he's going to meet people there. They're going to give sacrifice. They're going to have a meal and you need to make sure you get there before him. So he actually has time for you and he will tell you everything you need to know. Isn't that a detailed instruction? I mean, you can read it for yourself, but those three next verses, it's very detailed. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is great. Again, do you guys remember where we started this story? Stupid donkeys were lost. And this whole journey, they're like meeting people, uh, talking to people, getting the word from the Lord, seeking a prophet all of a sudden. Like, what? We are just looking for donkeys, for goodness sakes. I just lost my pen or my key. And as you're walking this path of life, as you are walking your path of life, God is going to provide everything that you need in order to find uh, more than you are looking for. So they went up to the town, and as they were entering it, uh, verse 14, uh, there was Samuel coming toward them on uh, his way up to the high place. Now, uh, the day before Saul came, the Lord had revealed this to Samuel. He said, About this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him ruler of my people Israel. He will deliver them from the hand of the Philistines. I have looked on my people, for their cry has reached me. When Samuel caught sight of Saul, the Lord said to him, This is the man I spoke to you about. I will, he will govern my people. Listen, Saul was looking for donkeys, you guys. And God had a plan to do so much more. He simply was hoping to find donkeys. And then he was hoping, you know, to not get into more problems because they couldn't find donkeys. And he's like, you know, my dad is going to worry about me. Because this was days. This is not like a minute. This was days. When you think you lost something and you can't find it, well, God is not only helping you find what you've lost, but he's giving you so much more. Verse 18, Saul approached Samuel in the gateway and asked, would you please tell me where the seer's house is? He didn't even know this was the prophet. He says, I am the seer, Samuel replied. Go up ahead of me to the high place, to, for today you are to eat with me. And in the morning, I will send you on your way, and I will tell you uh, all that is in your heart. As for the donkeys you lost three days ago, do not worry about them. They have been found. <laughs> and to whom is all the desire of Israel turned, if not to you and your whole family line? Listen, the very problem you were trying to solve and couldn't, you didn't, you didn't even find donkeys. You didn't even solve what you were sol trying to solve. God already took care of it. Uh, I have to tell you, so many couples that have come to Ukraine over the years um, that came 
to uh, minister on mission trips, and they came to minister to orphans, and they loved the orphans, and they had, you know, issues getting pregnant. And so many of them came to Ukraine, and they loved the orphans. And as soon as they made that commitment in their heart to adopt, God opened up uh, and healed them, and they were having babies of their own and adopting as well. So many stories. Just when you're trying to to be obedient to the Lord in the areas he sends you. He gives you so much more. And, okay, let's see more. There's more, you guys. Verse 21, Saul answered, But am I not a Benjamite from the smallest tribe of Israel? And is not my clan the least of all the clans of the tribe of Benjamin? Why do you say such a thing to me? Don't we often list our measurements to the Lord? We're like, but God, I'm so weak, but God, I'm so wimpy, but God, I don't have resources, but God, why me? Do you guys ever do that or is it just me? (laughs) I mean, we do that, right? We're like just always complaining and always finding something, a reason to not be the one he's sending. But he already chose you. Doesn't Ephesians 1 say that he has predestined you? He already knows your name. He already knows your future. He already has everything in store for you, everything you need. Verse 22, the Samuel, then Samuel brought Saul and his servant into the hall and seated them at the head of those who were invited. Listen, this is a pretty cool uh, turn of event. About 30 of them were there. 30 were getting ready, were, were expecting, were invited to be there, and then all of a sudden these two show up. I mean, I wouldn't want to be in the number of the 30s because they were probably thinking, like, who are these? We were preparing. We were invited. We waited for this to happen. And then all of a sudden, these two show up, and they get, like, the honor seat. What in the world? Sometimes that happens in church, and I'm not going to get into politics of that. But I do want to say that I don't want to be one of those 30 that always looks and thinks, well, well, what about me? In the verse above it, we were saying that we're not capable. We're weak. We don't have the resources. We're just little people. Okay, let's see more. Verse 23. Samuel said to the cook, Bring the piece of meat I gave you, the one I told you to lay aside. Wow. There was something set aside for you. When you were looking to solve your problem, when you were looking for your donkeys, God was already preparing a delicious meal for you, and he set it aside. So the cook uh, looked up uh, uh, the thing with what was on, uh, on it and set it in front of Saul. Samuel said, here's what has been kept for you. Eat, because it was set aside for you for this occasion. From the time I said, I have invited guests, and Saul dined with Samuel that day, and then they went to the high place together to the roof of Samuel, and they talked some more, and then I'm not going to read all of this, but then it says, verse 26, he says, get ready, and I will send you on your way. When Saul got ready, and Samuel went outside together. He said, send your, your servant to go ahead and stay with me for a, few, a, few, a little bit longer. 
And he stays and he says, I will give you my message that God has given me to tell you. And you know what the message is. This is your home, homework assignment, you guys. That's chapter 10. He ordains him to be the king, to be the ruler of God's people. It started with donkeys. Sometimes we're so focused on our tiny little problem that we don't even see the end of it. We don't even know how it's going to end. And for these orphans that we reach and minister, they are, they are amazing people of God. Once you give them a little bit of hope, they hold on to it. They never let go. Are we doing that? Are we holding on to the, are we holding on strongly to the hope that God has trusted us with? I mean, each other. We have each other. Doesn't it say in your Bible that people will know you, the world will know you because you love one another? Does it say that in your Bible? Not because we go to the same church, they'll know, they'll know us. Not because we have a nice Bible. Not because we do missions work, but because we love one another. Can you turn to somebody and say, I love you, brother. I love you, sister. You know, very often we pray and we say, let's see, hold on a second. Very often we pray and we say, God, here I am, use me. Here I am, apply me for your kingdom. Here I am, um, um, send me, you know. And then in the meantime, when we pray that we, our, our calendars are actually filled. We don't have a single hour to do anything for the Lord. And if you look at your calendar, you're like, well, I can't that day. I can't on Friday. I got it, you know, this event. I can't on Saturday. Definitely not on Sunday. And definitely not during the hunting season, for goodness sakes. Are you kidding? Like all of these reasons... <laughs> Are you hearing me, you guys? This is a challenge from the Lord. This is not just me. I'm going to be out of here in a week. <laughs> You're going to have to deal with your heart and the Lord. But when we pray and say that, like, God, here I am, send me. When are you giving him that time to do that? Are you giving? Why don't we become more specific about it and say, hey, God, here is my, my offering of Friday evening. This is all I have so far. But here's my offering. I'm offering you my Friday evening. I normally watch movies and do nothing, but I want to offer you my Friday evening. Please do something through my Friday so I could be useful for your kingdom, so I could bring glory to your name, so I could reach another one who is lost. So I challenge you to be more specific, more intentional about serving God's kingdom. Not just in abstract words where we're just nice to each other on Sundays. But always, you know, these kids that we reach, you guys, it is thousands. Over the years, it turned into, you know, a massive ministry because God had chosen each one of us to do his work. And we said yes. And it turned into, you know, from just one little boy from me, it turned into thousands of uh, ministers, I mean, kids that we reach, and over 400 ministers around the country that we have. All around, they're visiting, they're doing whatever they're doing, they're doing for the Lord, they're reaching those that are lost. But I have to tell you that these orphans, they don't necessarily need us to only pray for them from the distance, from a very nice and comfortable church. Sometimes they actually need a helping hand that will pull them out. Sometimes they need that hug that comforts. Sometimes they need someone who come, comes and sits and cries with them. 
and tells them that it's going to be fine. Somebody who gives them hope. There's only true hope that ever lasts. And I'm not talking about our ministry. I'm talking about the Lord. But I do want to tell you one testimony, you guys, if you want to hear it. So we're recording. Praise the Lord. Hi, everybody online. Uh, this is going to be awesome. Thank you, Lord, for, for your safety and protection for our family. Uh, often when I share stuff from the pulpit and it's recorded, uh, sometimes I get in trouble, but uh, not always. Not today, amen. And not when I get home. So I want to talk a little bit about Sveta. Um, her name is uh, Sveta, and it means light. She is now... Uh, 28 years old, but she I've known her since she was eight from the orphanage, of course. And uh, long story short, this girl was one of those girls that Mary has mentioned, was graduating with a lot of fear. What's ahead of me? I've seen the other girls turn out to be prostitutes, and they were not well, and I never want to be that. And so, of course, we created you know these little uh, apartments that we call transitional housing. So she was in one of our transitional housing. Then she grew up. When she was 18, she decided she wants to live life on, on her own. And so she, she moved out and tried that on her own, made a lot of mistakes, got into slavery. She was kidnapped and uh, taken to another another country, out of our country, um, and was a slave for a year in that nation. We couldn't even find her, didn't have, a, you know, context, nothing. And then we get a call from her saying that, please get me out of here. I'm in trouble. I've been here for a year. I need, I need somebody to rescue me. So, of course, you know, we had a minister in that nation. It just so happened that we have a minister, God provided, you know, and, and he rescued her and brought her, you know, put her on the train. We met her uh, after she uh, came off the train and uh, it took years to minister to her broken heart. And then she gets married to a foreigner, a very unhealthy, the guy she's never met. And it got even worse than that. Or, you know, after years, this is years I'm talking about. So she gets into trouble again. Then she was so abused, so broken and so destroyed physically, emotionally. She couldn't have kids. She got hepatitis C. She, was, uh, she had HIV you know, positive. All of that happened when she was a slave one time and then the other time, used and abused. All of that happened to a girl who has no family. Sveta. And then, of course, she found her way back to us. And uh, yeah, we're not the answer for everything. Very often, our answer is, I don't know, but let's find out. Even parents don't always have the answer, the right answer. There's only one that knows everything. And so she, she came with, of course, you know, had a safe place for her where a lot of ministers didn't even know where she was. Uh, so she was in this safe place, getting healing, getting better. And then uh, after more years go by, she got married. She got pregnant. She had a baby two months ago. And then we look at her records, and she has no hepatitis C. She has no HIV, nor does the baby. And she wasn't supposed to have a baby. She was so destroyed. Listen, this is the hand of God at work. You know, would he save her if I wasn't uh, saying yes? Absolutely. If I didn't say yes to God's will, if I didn't end up in a place where I was, if I wasn't saying, God, I'll do it, he would still save her. 
but I would miss out. I don't want to miss out on what God is doing. Listen, he's offering us so many opportunities to be a part of what he does. Are we saying, okay, I'll do it? Or are we saying, well, not today. I'm too weak. I'm too sick. I'm too whatever. I'm too tired, too busy. So I challenge you to be bold and brave enough to say, God, I am willing. I'm willing to, to, to do your will to do what you send me to do. So uh, we always invite you to come. And it's not because we like you to just come and hang out with us and have coffee in another country and get over the jet lag and get over the suitcases of stuff you have to bring. And not because of that, but because it's so significant. It's such healing when somebody else comes over and hugs and loves on those. Uh, money will never be an etern making an eternal difference. Are you hearing this, guys? Your love, the love that God has placed in you, that's what's going to make an eternal difference. Your care that God has placed in you. That's what's going to make the eternal difference. So if you're ever questioning, which I know a lot of people have come up to me and said that, you know, but Max, wouldn't it be better if we just gave you $2,000, you know? Well, yeah, that's great. Money's always a great need. You know, it's always a big problem to provide, and it's whatever. Yay, of course, awesome. But you know what's even more valuable? If you come for those two weeks, you love the one God trusts you. Just one. And that changes the kingdom. That grows the kingdom. God took one willing heart, which is my heart at six years old, and he said, I'm going to make something great out of it. I'm going to feed thousands. I'm going to feed multitude. I'm going to take your two fish. I'm going to take your five loaves of bread. I'm going to make it something amazing out of it. Listen, you might not have a lot, but he wants to do so much through you. Just say yes. Is there anybody, could you please raise your hand if you have been to Ukraine? Hire proudly, come on, people. Yes, Ukraine is a great... Look around you. Look at this. This is the body of Christ that's super active. <laughs> I love it. But if you're not one of them yet, that's the invitation to you. To some of you, it's a, a trip to come back. To others, it's a trip for the first time. But it is always an open invitation. And, you know, like I mentioned in the very beginning, that... You know, uh, in God's kingdom, in God's church, there are no restrictions. Same, with, same goes for flying. Don't worry about that. If you just say, yes, God, he'll provide uh, the servant for you. He'll provide uh, the money for you. He'll provide the, the women that will give you the details. He'll provide all of that. <laughs> God is in charge. Amen. I do want to pray, you guys. I want to pray for God to lead us on the path that he has prepared for us. I know, I know often we want to hear a message from a person, you know, Max, that everybody talked about or somebody mentioned. But, but let's hear today, let's hear from the Lord and re let's receive from him. This was just my opening message. Let's get into the word. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Isaiah 55, it says... For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Very often, the way we think is not how God thinks. Always, the path we choose isn't the right one. He always has a better path for us. So, Lord, today, we bow before you and we say, God, here we are. We are willing 
We are willing to be obedient to your voice. We are willing to say yes to whatever the assignment that you're giving us. If we have to love the, the one in front of us who hates us, who we don't really like, and that's the assignment, that's the mission that you are giving us, so be it. We're choosing that and we're saying, yes, God. Take my brokenness and turn it into glory. Take my nothing and make something out of it. You are a glorious, amazing God. And we, Father, we thank you for how much you loved us. You have adopted us. You have predestined us. You have plans and hope for each one of us. And we thank you, Lord, that you are still in business to find those that are lost, those that are hidden within the dark places, those treasures that are hidden within the dark places. Where Today we're saying that we want to be a part of your will. We want to do what you are asking us to do, what you are offering for us to be a part of. We want to go into the dark places and find those that are lost and rescue them and introduce them to you, Lord. Because you are the only one that can save. Father, we thank you for, for those like Sveta, single moms, single girls who, who are always in danger. And we might not understand what that's like completely. We might not understand what it's like to be an orphan. To not have anybody to talk to, to call for help, to cry out. But today we're saying, God, teach us. Teach us how to care for those that have no one. Teach us how to love for those who have never experienced love. Maybe it's not just in Ukraine. Maybe it's my neighbor. Maybe it's my coworker. Maybe it's my boss. Maybe it's my teacher. Maybe it's my classmate. Whoever it is, Lord. But today I choose to love those in front of me because you have placed them in my path for a reason. So today we are saying, yes, God. There's so much more to your hope. There's so much more of your hope for the orphans, for each one of us, for our families. And just as we are doing what you have sent us to do, just as we're following your voice, you're solving the very problem of our family. You're healing the very uh, brokenness of our heart or our bodies. We don't even have to think about it. We don't even have to worry about it. We need to focus on you. So today we choose to focus on you, Lord. Today we choose to hear your voice and obey your voice. We thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org. 